0: In the fall of 1976, physicist for the U.S. Navy, Bruce S. Maccabee, composed a letter to the FBI.
1: Maccabee knew the Air Force had managed most UFO investigations, but he suspected that other government agencies, like the FBI, might also be involved. For years, there had been no way to know if his suspicions were
0: correct. But starting in 1967, ufologists like Maccabee had a new weapon, the Freedom of Information Act, or FOIA. The FBI and other executive branch agencies, like the IRS and Defense Department, were now legally obligated to release records that didn't threaten national security or infringe on other categories of exemption.
1: Finally, it seemed the government's secrecy surrounding UFOs would be over.
0: In Maccabee's book, The FBI-CIA UFO Connection, Maccabee explains that he used FOIA to request all the information the FBI had on the mysterious flying saucers. A few weeks later, he received a response. Administrators added his request to a queue of FOIA petitions. He was
1: approximately number 34,000 in line.
0: Maccabee shrugged it off. At least he tried. He carried on with his life, forgetting about his inquiry. Until...
1: About six months later, his phone rang. It was an FBI agent. Someone had answers for him.
0: Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm your host, Molly. And I'm your
1: host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know, but in this show, we
0: don't take we don't know for an answer. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: This is our fourth and final episode in a special four-part series on the United States military's once-classified research on UFOs. Each episode has examined a different top-secret government project.
0: Last time, we covered Project Blue Book, We discussed how the Air Force Initiative revived the scientific credibility of UFO studies. But even after panels of experts recommended expanding its efforts, Project Blue Book was still sidelined by top military officials.
1: This time, we're not diving into one top-secret government project, but many. We'll discuss how UFO investigations have expanded beyond the Air Force into the CIA, FBI, and other government agencies. For decades, UFO research was buried under red tape and hard for the public to access.
0: Until the Freedom of Information Act forced it into the light.
1: We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us.
0: There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. In the late 1970s, the FBI provided Bruce Maccabee with 1,600 pages of previously classified government UFO documents. They dated back to the late 1940s, when Kenneth Arnold, a civilian pilot, first spotted a strange-looking aircraft near Mount Rainier in Washington state.
1: Maccabee hoped to find exciting details about UFOs, what they were and where they came from, Perhaps, in his wildest dreams, he thought he might even learn about their extraterrestrial origin.
0: What he found was more mundane, but chilling all the same. He learned that the FBI had intentionally
1: kept their work with UFOs hidden from the public, but not because the agency uncovered significant information about extraterrestrials. Instead, because they had covertly gathered information on human witnesses.
0: Agencies like the FBI had been investigating everyone who had previously reported a UFO in case they were a foreign operative, meaning an individual planted by a hostile nation to sow UFO-related misinformation and fear.
1: In other words, It seemed like the government had used UFOs as an excuse to monitor their own
0: citizens. The FBI's involvement with UFO research began in 1947. According to a 1979 New York Times article by Patrick Wieg, Brigadier General George F. Shulgin of Air Force Intelligence requested that the FBI be brought in to take a deeper look at anyone claiming to have seen a UFO. This led to the first Air Force UFO study, Project Sign.
1: At the time, Shulgin wrote to his superiors, the first reported sightings might have been by individuals of communist sympathies with the view to causing hysteria and fear of a secret Russian weapon.
0: The FBI documents Maccabee received similarly revealed the Pentagon's obsession with linking UFOs to Soviet aggression.
1: Even though the FBI seems to have found no evidence that anyone subversive reported UFO sightings in 1947, they continued to monitor individual UFO enthusiasts and civilian UFO research groups.
0: This policy continued into the 1950s with support from other intelligence agencies. The 1953 Robertson Panel, organized by the CIA, recommended formalizing the surveillance of flying saucer enthusiast groups. The
1: panel's final report, which wasn't declassified until 1975, stated that the organizations could be dangerous because of, quote, their potentially great influence on mass thinking if widespread sighting should occur. The apparent irresponsibility and the possible use of such groups for
0: subversive purposes should be kept in mind." End quote. Before Maccabee uncovered these investigations in the 1970s, many ufologists had claimed they were under surveillance, and they had spent years being ridiculed, accused of paranoia. But some of their suspicions were correct. They had been monitored, and maybe they still were.
1: And yet, neither the CIA nor the FBI apologized for the violation of these civilians' privacy. They allowed them
0: to be shamed. According to the documents that Maccabee received, the U.S. government never uncovered evidence that linked UFO sightings to Soviet operatives. The individuals they investigated were simply American citizens who had seen what they believed to be UFOs.
1: Secretive surveillance of civilians wasn't the only disturbing activity exposed through FOIA requests. An unsettling pattern of censorship and public manipulation appeared as well.
0: For example, according to historian and ufologist David Michael Jacobs, In 1953, the Air Force pressed the editors of Look Magazine to revise an article on UFOs that had been authored by a retired general. The magazine published the story, but only with the added disclaimers the Air Force had insisted upon. Later that year, the CIA convened the Robertson
1: panel. We covered some of this group's recommendations in the previous episode, but one was especially disturbing. The experts advised enacting a broad educational program integrating efforts of all
0: concerned agencies. To thwart any potential Soviet efforts to manipulate the American psyche through UFOs, which, again, there was zero known evidence for, the Robertson panel suggested launching a multifaceted media campaign. Experts in mass psychology and advertising would oversee the effort.
1: The goal of the campaign was to subconsciously train the American public to be less hysterical. After ingesting education disguised as cartoons or television ads, the Robertson panel imagined the average citizen would then be able to properly recognize ordinary aerial objects instead of misidentifying them as
0: UFOs. For example, a commercial might feature a UFO that turned out to be a regular airplane the witness who claimed it was a UFO, might be shown facing ridicule or embarrassment. Such
1: messages would convey two ideas. First, UFOs often had logical explanations. And second, that people who hastily concluded
0: they'd seen a UFO were foolish. Ultimately, the panel hoped this subtle indoctrination of the American public would decrease public interest in flying saucers and therefore decrease reports of sightings in an era that was already on high alert because of the Cold War. In
1: 1979, a few years after the government declassified this recommendation, the New York Times called this approach nothing less than the domestic manipulation of public attitudes.
0: It seemed the CIA and the military planned to commit psychological warfare in order to prevent it.
1: The CIA wouldn't admit whether they'd ever enacted any of the mass media plans the Robertson panel had outlined, but they did commission a 1968 study that upheld some of the same recommendations.
0: The Condon Report, conducted at the University of Colorado but ordered by the Air Force, reiterated many of the Robertson panel's conclusions. But when it came to public education, the Condon Report also suggested a policy that targeted the most vulnerable Americans—children.
1: The experts behind the report advised teachers to direct children away from studying UFOs and to refuse credit to any child who spent time researching the subject. UFOs, they claimed, were a waste of
0: time. Despite their public insistence that the phenomenon wasn't worthy of attention, many independent ufologists suspected that the government continued their own UFO investigations. William Spaulding was one of them. In
1: 1975, Spaulding, who was the leader of an independently-run UFO organization named Ground Saucer Watch, wrote an accusatory letter to the CIA. He claimed the elite shadowy agency was still withholding information about UFOs and demanded they release everything they knew.
0: In response, the CIA provided copies of the Robertson panel report and another report from the same period. But Spalding suspected they had more. So he wrote again, accusing the CIA of engaging in a UFO cover-up. Gene Wilson, Information and Privacy Coordinator for the CIA, wrote Spalding back. His letter read,
1: At no time prior to the formation of the Robertson Panel and subsequent to the issuance of the Panel's report has the CIA engaged in the study of the UFO phenomena. The Robertson Panel Report was the summation of agency interest and involvement in UFOs.
0: Once again, Spalding found it hard to believe in September 1977, he filed a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit demanding further materials be released. And it worked.
1: As the CIA begrudgingly admitted in their summary of the incident, Wilson was ill-informed when he had asserted that the CIA had ended their investigations.
0: The agency released 298 documents to Spaulding in late 1978. They withheld another 57, allegedly to protect national security and the anonymity of confidential sources.
1: From the CIA's perspective, this newly declassified material only indicated that they had merely continued a low-level interest in UFOs. Nothing of value. The New York Times, however, interpreted the new intelligence a little differently in their 1979 articles. They reported that the document showed how much the government had downplayed their interest in UFOs and how the CIA specifically hid their surveillance
0: of flying saucer enthusiasts. For independent investigators, the Freedom of Information Act became an important tool to help lift the veil of secrecy on UFOs. It revealed that from the beginning, the government had obscured their true motives. However, as we mentioned,
1: Agencies still had considerable latitude to legally withhold information based on national security concerns. Because of this, independent UFO researchers continued to struggle. But since the early 2000s, fresh revelations about military UFO studies have come to light. And one of the most recent projects has finally admitted something the experts have been spouting since Project Sign. The government has no idea what's flying in our skies.
0: Coming up, what the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program knows and what it doesn't. Listeners, this month marks 60 years since John F. Kennedy became the 35th president of the United States, ushering his already prominent family into the highest enclaves of political power. But behind their storied successes lie secrets and scandals so severe, if it were any other lineage, they would have been left in ruin. This January, to commemorate this iconic milestone, dig into the dramas of a real-life American dynasty in the Spotify original from ParCast, The Kennedys. Crime, history, mystery. This exclusive series from Spotify features your favorite ParCast hosts, including me, examining one of the world's most formidable families from all angles. Whether it's assassinations and conspiracies, corruption and cover-ups, international affairs, and extramarital ones, too, discover all of the Kennedy family's most controversial moments, all in one place. You can binge all 12 episodes of this limited series starting on Tuesday, January 19th. Follow The Kennedys free and exclusively on Spotify. Now, back to the story.
1: In the 1950s and 60s, UFO studies expanded beyond the military and into other government agencies like the FBI and the CIA. When the Freedom of Information Act went into effect in 1967, it created a profound power shift. Now,
0: civilians could demand information from the government. Various agencies declassified hundreds of documents related to government UFO studies throughout the 1970s. The material confirmed what individual whistleblowers had suspected for a long time. Despite publicly minimizing the presence of UFOs, the Pentagon remained invested in researching them.
1: And yet, even with all their resources, the government appeared no closer to understanding the strange objects populating American airspace.
0: For several decades, secretive studies continued with little progress. But in recent years, modern UFO research has broken new ground. And thanks to the Freedom of Information Act, the government must share some of that data with the public.
1: In 2007, Nevada Senator and Majority Leader Harry Reid sat down with his close friend Robert Bigelow. Bigelow is a billionaire entrepreneur who ran Bigelow Aerospace, a company focused on space travel and UFOs.
0: Bigelow informed Reid that an official from a defense intelligence agency had asked to tour the sprawling Utah ranch that served as his company's headquarters. Bigelow wasn't sure what the visit's purpose might be, so he asked Reed to find out. Reed tracked down the agent who
1: had reached out to Bigelow, who came clean. He wanted to start a new research project on UFOs. With its existing expert staff and aerospace technology, Bigelow's company would be the perfect contractor
0: for the study. The agent might have felt unsure about bringing a UFO proposal to a U.S. senator, but Reed was a rare politician. He was interested. The senator had a long-standing fascination with
1: aerial phenomena, and astronaut John Glenn solidified the legitimacy of UFOs for him years earlier.
0: In a meeting with Reed sometime before 2007, Glenn told the senator that he believed the federal government wasn't giving enough credence to UFO reports from professional pilots. He knew of many that had been rattled by encounters with aircraft they couldn't explain.
1: Once Reed established how defense intelligence and Bigelow Aerospace could work together, he sought support. He called two fellow senators to a secure room in the Capitol for a meeting.
0: Both of these men worked on the defense budget subcommittee, One of them was Daniel K. Inouye, a Democrat from Hawaii. The other was an Alaskan Republican named Ted Stevens, a former Air Force pilot. Stevens had personal experience with the concerns John Glenn expressed. While running a transport mission in World War II, an unrecognized aircraft followed his plane for miles. Stevens never forgot it.
1: Now, Maybe he could find out what had tracked him that day.
0: We don't know what words were exchanged behind closed doors, but the meeting must have gone smoothly. Before long, the program was set into motion.
1: The men funded the initiative using what Reed referred to as, quote, black money. Because the project was classified, the men could use a Pentagon budget meant for secret programs without bringing it to the floor for a
0: vote. They named it the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, abbreviated ATIP, though it has also been known as the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program. According to documents obtained by the New York Times, the program received $22 million between 2008 and 2011. But only the elected officials invited to Reed's closed-door meetings and those involved through Bigelow Aerospace knew it was happening, even as the ball started to roll downhill.
1: With federal funding in place, Bigelow Aerospace could now purchase huge amounts of warehouse space.
0: This was important. They needed storage for large artifacts coming from the Department of Defense, or DOD, like metal alloys and other materials recovered from suspected UFO crash sites.
1: Physical evidence of flying saucers represented a major step forward in UFO research. The primary limitation in all the earlier military projects was their reliance on eyewitness data. Finally, Bigelow and his team could analyze something tangible.
0: In addition to understanding the object's physical makeup, the A.T.I.P. explored whether UFO materials could potentially affect human physiology. A number of individuals who'd found the wreckage testified that they had suffered strange symptoms after coming into contact with it.
1: Though exciting, evaluating this new evidence proved difficult. Harold E. Puthoff, an engineer and former CIA contractor who joined the A.T.I.P., described their process to the New York
0: Times reporters, saying, What would happen if you gave Leonardo da Vinci a garage door opener? First of all, he'd try to figure out what is this plastic stuff. He wouldn't know anything about the electromagnetic signals involved or its function.
1: In essence, the researchers could only base their analysis on what they knew. And they didn't know much, especially
0: if the materials came from another planet. The ATIP also studied the stories of pilots, primarily military service members, who had encountered odd aircraft while flying.
1: Here they had another advantage. Technology had greatly improved since the 1960s. The tip could often review video footage alongside other technical details like radar readings, the plane's altitude and speed, and more.
0: One fascinating case included footage from a 2004 encounter. It showed a large, light-colored oval craft, roughly the size of a commercial airliner, floating over the Pacific Ocean near San Diego. Two Navy jets pursued the large aircraft, but they eventually lost sight of it it was never seen again.
1: Another hair-raising video captured from the cockpit of a Navy F-A-18 Super Hornet showed a jet surrounded by, to quote the New York Times, some kind of glowing aura traveling at
0: high speed and rotating as it moves. The DOD declined to release the full video as well as the date and location of this incident. They ultimately held the keys to the Vault of Information
1: Bigelow and his team sent all of their research back to the DoD. It mostly landed on a desk deep in the bowels of the Pentagon, where Luis Elizondo, a military intelligence official, ran the ATIPs administrative arm.
0: Elizondo and his colleagues organized Bigelow's data into reports describing the astonishing feats of engineering. UFOs that flew at incredible speeds, but had no obvious source of propulsion. Objects suspended in midair without a design that facilitated lift.
1: Behind closed doors, Elizondo and his colleagues reached the same conclusion. These aircraft could not be from
0: Earth. If you've been following this series, you know that this wasn't the first time government officials arrived at this conclusion. But this time, they had a champion in their corner, Senator Reid. Concerned
1: about the project's explosive findings, in 2009, Reid appealed to the Deputy Defense Secretary, asking for additional security measures to be implemented. In a summary about the ATIP that the Pentagon prepared that year, it said, what was considered science fiction is now science fact. But Reid's request was denied. And more obstacles were coming down the pipeline.
0: In 2012, the Pentagon terminated funding for the ATIP. When the New York Times asked for more details for their 2017 article, a government spokesperson commented, saying, It was determined
1: that there were other higher priority issues that merited funding, and it was in the best interest of the DOD to make a
0: change. Of course, that statement could be interpreted to mean just about anything.
1: Although Bigelow Aerospace no longer had the federal budget to conduct research, Elizondo and a dedicated network of intelligence officials kept the ATIP alive. They quietly continued recording UFO sightings and interviewing witnesses.
0: This clandestine operation continued for at least another five years, fueled by the dedication of a few individuals. But midway through 2017, Elizondo began to feel the strain of carrying on their mission without institutional support. Like so many military UFO researchers before him, he knew his efforts merited more attention, and he resented that it had once again fallen through the cracks.
1: Around this time, Elizondo planned his resignation from the DoD, and the New York Times began
0: digging into the AATIP. In October 2017, Elizondo sent his resignation letter to Defense Secretary Jim Mattis. According to an excerpt published in the New York Times, his letter calls for more attention to, quote, the many accounts from the Navy and other services of unusual aerial systems interfering with military weapon platforms and displaying beyond next generation capabilities. He
1: blamed his departure on the government's suppression of information and the lack of internal support
0: for research. He asserted that the DoD had a responsibility to the armed forces and the country to understand what UFOs could do and what they wanted.
1: He left his post to independently study UFOs.
0: A few months later, on December 16, 2017, the New York Times broke the first story about the A-tip. The DoD confirmed the project's existence, but insisted that they had terminated the program in 2012. In addition,
1: the DoD didn't mention that any other UFO projects were happening either.
0: The Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program made major advances in UFO research. Like every military UFO investigation before it, some of the people analyzing the data concluded that UFOs are not from this planet. And in lockstep
1: with their predecessors, Pentagon officials, the ones who held the purse strings, disagreed. This resulted in the project's termination and the insinuation that no further investigation would continue.
0: And yet, like every other time the Pentagon promised it was out of the UFO business, the claim wasn't true.
1: In July 2020, Ralph Blumenthal and Leslie Keane of the New York Times unveiled the latest military foray into UFOs. And it seems that this one may have finally struck the proper balance between skepticism
0: and curiosity. Coming up... How the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force Broke the Mold.
1: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
0: <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so
1: why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Between 2007 and 2012, the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program broke new ground for military UFO research. Analyzing more hard evidence than ever before, many of the investigators arrived at the same conclusion as their predecessors. UFOs were not from this planet.
0: Then, like every UFO project before it, the Pentagon shuttered its doors.
1: Only to transfer the responsibility to another department.
0: This time, the task of researching UFOs landed on the Office of Naval Intelligence. The initiative discovered in 2020 was called the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force. According to Luis Elizondo, the former administrative head of the ATIP, it emerged directly from the ashes of the ATIP. As it turned out, Elizondo's resignation
1: letter might have had a more significant effect than he originally thought. The new program's design appeared to address one of his biggest complaints –
0: lack of transparency. The Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force now required its researchers to report many of their findings to the public, in accordance with the Intelligence Authorization Act. This new
1: transparency, if upheld, represented a serious shift in government policy and its delivered results. In the past, Pentagon officials had complete control over information about UFOs and almost uniformly kept it classified.
0: In 2020, the DoD released footage of three encounters naval pilots had with UFOs.
1: The videos themselves, taken in 2004 and 2015, weren't new to the internet. The grainy radar images of indistinct objects punctuated with awestruck commentary from the naval pilots had been available
0: online for years. But the DoD's acknowledgement that this footage was authentic was a major step forward. Instead of denying that the videos were leaked from their vaults, the DoD confirmed that the videos were genuine records which had likely been studied by their researchers.
1: Then, they took their acknowledgment one step
0: further. Instead of the usual obfuscation, minimizing, or even outright denial of current research, the DoD implied that they remained in the business of UFO investigations.
1: But that wasn't the most exciting piece of the DoD press release. It also declared that, quote, the DOD is releasing the videos in order to clear up any misconceptions by the public on whether or not the footage that has been circulating was real or whether or not there is more to the videos. The aerial phenomena observed in the videos remain characterized as unidentified, end quote.
0: In other words, the UFOs were indeed real and They had no idea what they were.
1: Although policies have been passed that represent a significant advancement in transparency, it's important to remember that DOD officials can still withhold information. Journalists and independent ufologists have to remain
0: vigilant. For example, the DOD confirmed the authenticity of those three videos in April 2020 without telling the public that they had launched a new UFO research project. Instead, New York Times investigative journalists reported news of the Unidentified Aerial Protection Task Force to the world months later in July 2020.
1: When journalists asked the Pentagon for details on the program, they hit a brick wall. Although the task force isn't classified, the DOD claimed it dealt with classified matters.
0: To find out more about the videos, the New York Times had to file another Freedom of Information Act request. In response, they received the Navy's hazard reports that accompanied the footage. The documents included context for the sightings and more information about what pilots actually witnessed.
1: The Navy suspected that some of the aircraft captured in the videos were Unmanned Aircraft Systems, or UASs. In general, these objects were small, highly maneuverable, and presumably
0: operated remotely. Because of this, UASs can get very close to larger military craft, like a fighter jet, and they are tricky to evade.
1: The appearance of the UASs in the reports varies. Some are small and oblong, like a tic-tac. Others are about the size of a suitcase or cone-shaped, like a missile.
0: One report from 2013 raised a significant safety concern. It stated, Due to their small size, many UASs are less visually significant and radar apparent and therefore pose a significant risk for mid-air collision.
1: Releasing these reports to the public likely resolved many of the issues Elizondo had with the A-TIP. It seemed like UFO sightings were no longer hoaxes dreamed up by so-called
0: crackpots. After so many years of being silenced or humiliated, witnesses could finally speak up without fear.
1: Or rather, with less fear.
0: There is another aspect of the Unidentified Aerial Protection Task Force that indicates a new era in military UFO studies. The people working on the project represent multiple points of view. As of this recording, the now-retired Senator Harry Reid participates in the group and remains vocal about his belief that Earth regularly receives visitors from other planets.
1: But Senator Marco Rubio, the acting chairman of the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, holds a more pragmatic perspective. He told the media in July 2020 that he mostly valued the project for its ability to better explain the intentions of UFOs spotted above military bases.
0: Rubio admitted that some of the aircraft under investigation outstripped current American technology, but he was more concerned that China or Russia might be responsible than extraterrestrials.
1: Harry Reid carries the mantle of the many UFO champions before him, like Captain Edward Ruppelt, who led Project Blue Book, and Colonel Howard M. McCoy, the head of Project Sign. At the same time, Rubio continues the tradition of a long line of interested skeptics.
0: Luckily, now skeptics and believers are working together toward the same goal, finding the answers to the questions, who made them, and where do they come from?
1: The project continues to evaluate the physical wreckage first analyzed by the A.T.I.P. Researchers claim that some of the artifacts are man-made, But not all of them.
0: According to Eric W. Davis, an astrophysicist and UFO research consultant, scientists have thoroughly examined some of the found objects, but their origins still remain unknown. About one of them, he claimed, we couldn't make it ourselves. We, meaning the United States, with arguably the most advanced defense department in the world.
1: Davis also said he gave classified briefings to the DOD, the Senate Intelligence Committee, and the Senate Armed Services Committee in 2019 and 2020 about off-world vehicles
0: not made on this earth. But it's important to remember that thus far, none of the physical wreckage that these groups have evaluated have been presented to the public or verified by an outside party. Staffers on the committees that Davis mentioned declined to corroborate his claims for New York Times journalists. Until there's real transparency, all we have to go on is Davis's word and the word of those like him, other retired military officials who share their stories.
1: Without access to the data itself, many outside experts still preach skepticism. Sarah Seeger, an MIT astrophysicist, agrees that truly unusual phenomena deserve serious scientific consideration. But as she told the New York Times in December 2017, she thinks it's hasty to conclude that these UFOs are from another planet.
0: After years of studying the deep mysteries of space, Seeger is comfortable with the idea that some things are just unexplained. She contends it's better to approach the unknown with an open mind than a beloved hypothesis.
1: Hardcore UFO believers could succumb to the same narrow-minded thinking that stymied the Pentagon for so many years, becoming
0: blinded by a foregone conclusion. At this point, the biggest victory of modern UFO research may be the objectivity of their approach. After over 70 years of dueling assumptions, from Soviet psychological warfare, to mass hysteria, to Chinese drones, to aliens from outer space, the focus is finally where it should be, on evaluating the data without bias. The question
1: of believing in UFOs is no longer on the table. UFOs are undeniably real, And America is finally taking the first steps towards finding out where they really come from. Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We will be back Tuesday with a new episode. For more information on military UFO research, amongst the many sources we used, we found the New York Times reporting on the subject extremely helpful to our research.
0: You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember, never take We Don't Know for an answer.
1: Unexplained Mysteries is a Spotify original from ParCast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Anthony Valsick, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Hannah McIntosh, with writing assistance by Molly Quinlan and Connor Sampson, fact-checking by Claire Cronin, and research by Brad Klein and Brian Petrus. Unexplained Mysteries stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner.
0: fact, fiction, fame. Discover the real story behind one of history's most formidable families in the Spotify original from Parcast, The Kennedys. Remember, you can binge all 12 episodes starting on Tuesday, January 19th. Listen free and exclusively on Spotify.